Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Fitz. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like Working Class Bow Hunter. It's really, really not that good. It is episode number 205 of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. We are right here on a Friday night, I should just add pre-warning, at 1600 Buck Slayer Place, right in the Bucketorium, beautiful Sherrard, Illinois. Who's thumping right mm. now on who the floor? Who is thumping? Is it Clint? Is it Clint's here? What? Clint who? Clint Casper's. Oh, oh Clint Casper's oh, in the house. Oh, we, almost, we almost forgot you were here. I just had to get to that. I'm excited. He's here. I didn't think he was going to make it. I wouldn't miss it. I feel like that needed to be brought up right off the bat. It did. And, uh, you know, we are doing this on a Friday night, so mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> free warning. But, uh, dude, I am Steve. Kurt's here. Kurt. Eric. No did you want to say oh, something, okay. jackass? Oh, yeah. Eric, I'm here. Okay, give a salute again. Doug. I'm also here checking in. Oh, what's up? Man, it's a Friday podcast. It's not oh. going good already. And then we've got two ladies in the room. Un- unmiked. Unmiked, but it's okay. Clint, but, thank you for making the long haul to the studio. It's a pleasure. Dude, what do I'm you happy th- to be here. What do you think? What do you think about it? Studio? Pretty much like uh, sex in my mouth. Sex in his mouth. Sex mm. in your mouth. Mm. Just uh, a lot of hot, <laughs> right sweaty disappointment. Okay. <laughs> 
sounds good. Oh, maybe uh, your very your experiences may vary, but uh, you know what, dude? We're glad you're here in the Bucketorium. We could not be doing this podcast if it wasn't without uh, if it wasn't for our wonderful partners. Starting with Elite Archery, great bows. Check out EliteArchery.com. Scent Crusher, sent off game on. This is stuff you guys need to get before the season comes up because it's coming up in like eight months. <laughs> HHA Sports. Made in, uh, made in Wisconsin, single pin nation, Rattler grips. You're going to need those on your bow when you want your bow to stand out, especially if you're doing 3D and you're hanging a bunch up. Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing. We just heard he had how many deer? 1,016 deer 1,016. Good Lord. 1,016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Hats off to him. It's a small many... operation, too. Which Hats off. Is... Wow. He's still processing deer. Like right at the, I mean, it's, right now it's 8.30 on a Friday. He's cutting deer right now. Yeah. Um, ethics archery, crazy. Uh, big shout out to Haas. Uh, congratulations to him. They and won the best company podcast. They yep, did for twenty. Check it out, ethics archery, new uh, partner awesome. of the show. And this show really could not be possible without Manta Coolers. That's that right. is true. Check That's out right. Manta Coolers, dude. They're worth checking out. All I got to say about that. But we need to handle some business before we can move on. Okay, hammer. I got a vet shout out. Do it. Vet awesome. shout out this week is going to be the veteran's name is uh, Justin Clayton. Justin's uh, from the Army. Your good buddy Dalton Harmon wanted us to give a shout out. So, Justin, number one, thank you for your service to this country. Um, he's a retired staff sergeant. He recently bought his first bow, and we're looking forward to going out hunting this fall and Justin tagging his first deer. That'd be the shit. So, cool. um, Justin, I hope you do, man. You, you served our country, you deserve it. Um, get out there, go get it done, and if you don't get it done, man, hey, let us know how the experience is. Maybe we could do a podcast about it. Thanks for your service, Justin. Appreciate it. But check out, uh, if you do have a vet shout-out, go to workingclassbowhunter.com in the contact form. It's brought to you by Heroes Hunting. If you want a vet shout-out, out, dude, send it in. Um, it, they, don't, they don't have to hunt or anything. If you just want, we love our vets. We really do. Uh, workingclassbowhunter.com, the contact form. Vet shout out. You'll have all the branches. You can leave a little personal message. By the way, if you don't like our veteran shout out, there's the liberal working class bow hunter podcast. Oh they're, yeah, they're a one off uh, copy of what we're trying to do. That might be more your style. They don't have any sponsors and they don't shout out veterans that what's, serve their free <laughs> help us with our freedom for this you know, country. You know what's so, going to be uh, uh, what's cool about the liberal <laughs> podcast is we praise Russia until a president comes along that doesn't represent us. Then we hate Russia. I don't know how that happens, but. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, let's move on from that. Uh, dude, Clint Casper is he sitting had, right next to him. He's waiting. Look at him. He's fighting at the bit. He's like, drop your panties. Hold on to your hats. It's about to get weird. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell wears hat and panties at the same time? I, <laughs> I, mean, I figure. I figure. I do because like, I'm classy. <laughs> I figure if you're down to your skivvies, you're not going to be wearing a hat, but. Uh, you wear a backwards hat if you're a badass. Came in so <laughs> That's hot. Good right point. There. Yeah, came in real hot. Man. That was extremely. Yeah, I was just about to say he's like a firecracker. Ready to go off, and yep, he went. Oh, off. There it is. So, Clint brought a 150 inch set of sheds, a 170 inch shed, set shed, shit, shed. <laughs> oh my god, shit! I, this is a Friday night podcast. Oh oh Sponsored oh, by Bush oh. Light. We got to watch the mic peeking, boys. Good like, lord, I'm trying Clint. to conversate. Um, we got three sets of giant sheds in here. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, man, it's a Friday night podcast. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to apologize right now. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. I'm no, waiting for Steve's right. actually not going off the rails yet. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. I know. 
He's taming himself. You're doing I good. Am. I'm, I'm trying to because I got to rile this shit show up because unlike you, I get to go home and sleep in my own house and I don't have to have Clint in my house. I don't know what that's going to turn into. I don't think you guys are getting sleep tonight. I think that you're going to end up sleeping with Clint tonight is what's going to happen. Actually, I feel like Danielle's probably going to sleep with Steve, and I'll probably end up sleeping with the cat with as thumbs, by the way, which is really cool. Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what that means, but uh, uh, touche. <laughs> hey, you know that Ron White skit? His dog is like, I don't have fucking thumbs. Come on, take me to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, this. All right, where, where we, do we? Where do we start? Here's we what I'm doing. It. I'm going to transfer it. We meant to catch up with Clint with our busy schedule. We haven't got to do this yet. On your buck that you killed late season. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. You killed that during ATA? It was ATA weekend, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? it was. It was, yep. it was you were Saturday. Su- Clint was supposed to come with us to ATA. But what, like, go ahead and just tell that story because your foot was all <laughs> fucked up. I, I think Danielle stabbed was, him in the foot is what I'm thinking now. I've met <laughs> it was two. No, it was, it was back in uh, November. It was like right in the middle of the rut. Um, Easton, my son, he, he drops this glass. I thought I got it all cleaned up. Go walking across my kitchen floor, and I'm like, oh, you know, shit. I'm like, I stepped on something, and, and it didn't dawn on me. I'm just like, you know, I, like, brushed it yeah, off. Whatever. It's whatever, because yeah. I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? I swept and swept and swept, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's not glass. Like, it, it's, you know. Right. Didn't hurt for a few days, and then all of a sudden, it just started throbbing, and I'm like, oh, I got glass. You know, I'm like, it's got to be glass. So then, long story short, I get the glass out, and I'm like, all right, we're, we're you know, we're good to go. There was one little sliver. And I'm like, okay, it's we're fine. Month goes by, it's still hurting. So I'm using Epsom salt. I'm doing Neosporin. I'm uh, doing whole nine yards trying to get, you know, trying to get this foot healed. A diesel All, fuel. Well, I should have done that and lit it on fire. It's probably yeah. what I should have done. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm not quite yeah. as smart as you, so yeah. I didn't think to do that. That's right. You don't need your foot. No, you don't need phone off the studio table, Steve. So they gave you two of them. It's been up there all night. So we get into like December and January, and I'm like, well. You know, I got to do something about this foot, and it just so happens that I got to go during what was going to be, you know, right before ATA, get it looked at. They wanted to cut it open, see what was in there. So now I'm in the middle of ATA, deer season, just bad. It's all bad all the way around. Not a good situation. No, no, not a good situation. So it's like, okay, well... It's hard to kick ass with one foot. <laughs> well, and, I mean, the, the, the worst part was I'm still trying to get into trees and hunt, you know, and, and I've got this, my, my right foot that I can't really put pressure on because where the glass was, is it was like right on like where like the ball of your foot would be. So every time oh. you put any type of pressure at all, like you go, like, you know, I'm climbing up a ladder or, or tree mm-hmm. steps, you put any pressure on it, and I mean, it's just excruciating pain like the whole way up your leg. So it's like, you, you know, I'm trying to, like, hop up and down 20-foot ladders all the time. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't want to get into shed season and get into, you know, into the spring and stuff and this still be going on. So I'm like, all right, well, I need to get something done with it. Well, it just so happens it's, like, right before ATA. And then, you know, I, I, I've got this the buck I end up killing, the big six. I got him hitting. So it's like it's I'm, I'm I'm flipping a coin like okay do you go to the ATA and say the heck with it we'll, we'll get we'll get something done with it later or do you get it done now and I'm trying to hunt this buck and it, it was like you know you're you're flip flopping around so it, it ends up that I, I I don't go to the ATA and get this foot worked on which they actually didn't get fixed like still like just three days ago I went and got it yeah I think it was three days ago I went and got it looked at. And actually now, because there was a piece of glass in there, it's turned into a wart. 
planners wore because of the stress from the glass that was in there. It's caused a wart. So I got to go get that froze off here in the next. I got to call on Monday and so You up. might as well just go have your foot cut off. Oh, dude, it's yeah. Just I, cut it, it off. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, you'll be do better you get off. one of those cool bionic like bionic legs? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Fair just do that. Like like Lieutenant Dan. Be the same oh, thing. Poor little Tink Tink. Yeah, a hero of mine, Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Get a wood stuff, man. You lucky. So I'm trying to get my sea legs, but Lieutenant Dan, you ain't got no legs. So it's still you in your. Got no legs. It's still in your foot. The glass is out. Okay. The piece that I got out, obviously I got out, and then they think there was another small sliver that ended up working its way out. But th- these planters warts, they're caused from stress. Um, it could be a puncture, like something sticks in your foot, like the glass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just stress from me not putting all my pressure on it. Or got some really bad news. That's true, too. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true as well. Not, not going to ATA. Not going. So yeah, in right. the middle of all of this, you're not at ATA. Because, no. Dude, you'd have been miserable walking around. It would have been a disaster. Yeah. Well, and it's so weird because, like, just to walk at times, it, like, you know, there'd be days where it wouldn't be too bad. But mm-hmm. then the next day, nothing changed. I didn't do anything different. But then the next day, it's like the minute you put any pressure on it, Ugh. it's just it's, – but it's just excruciating pain. But my doctor was telling me that with these plantar warts is they've got, like, all these little – we'll call them roots that come from the wart and go down in your foot. And they're like feelers. So depending on the day, those feelers can pick up, like, more sensitivity from one day to the next. So that's why on one day you could walk and be like, oh, it's not too bad. But then the next day it's, like, excruciating. Like, I don't even want to walk on it type deal. What the hell? Yeah. So they're going to freeze it off, and that will totally get rid of it. I'll probably be All right, let's laid take, up let's for take like care two of days this right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could probably Box just cutter. do that. Yeah. Do that yeah. Actually, when I went to the doctor the other day, she pulls out a scalpel and she's like, "We're going to cut this thing in half." And I'm like, "You're, you're going to what?" And she said, "We're going to cut it in half. We're going to numb it, and then I'm going to scrape it down and see what's what's going on." I need a nine iron, an ice cube, and a knife, and we'll be uh, good. A blind kitten, a rape whistle, and some rubber bands, and we can do it. Yeah. We're so good. then, <laughs> so she does that. She cuts it, and you know, she she numbs it, cuts it in half, and she's like, "Oh, there's all these little red dots where the we'll call them the roots were growing down into your foot." She's like, "This is a planter's wart, plain as day." So she sh- pulls this mirror up in front of my foot so I can see it. And she's like, "You see all these little red dots?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I see them." She's like, "That's classic sign of a planter's wart." Like, yeah. I didn't even know this was a thing. Yep. Yeah, so, I think I've got one on my foot. They're good. Not cool. Dude, if you have one, you, good. Need, you need to get it froze off because it, they'll only get bigger and they'll just continue to grow and grow and grow until you do something. Well, Steve like, probably has like six of them, so it's, he's fine. Don't no, I got the one on my like my left. I think that's what it is. It's like this lump that showed up. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yep. You Everyone's know, like, just, man, I was hoping to hear about weight season killing from Clinton. Warts, man. Planters wow. warts, bro. <laughs> Planters <laughs> warts. Better than ass warts. <laughs> That's true. Butt warts. Yeah. Nobody likes a butt wart. So <laughs> you're a butt wart. In the middle, in the middle of all of this foot situation, you make it happen on a big end. Let's talk about how big this deer is and maybe like the situation that you got him in. Situation. So it's been, it'd be, uh, let's see, it'd be 2015 was the first year that I kind of knew he was even around, um, picked up a, a single shed from him. And on a farm that I hunt a lot, um, had no pictures of this buck, didn't didn't really know he existed, but found a shed. I'm like, oh, man, you know, it's, it's a good one. Still the uh, same, a three-point side or what? No, no, he was, he was a big four-point side. 
and a um, lot of mass, you know, big main beam. So in my head, I'm thinking, all right, you know, this is going to be a buck to hunt this year. Right. So that would have been uh, the fall of 2015. Hunted that farm probably, I don't know, quite a bit early season. And uh, it was all standing corn. So uh, it's a farm that we actually lease. And uh, it was so wet, we didn't get any of standing corn off till it was like late into December. Mm-hmm. So it was a hard farm to hunt. I mean, you know... It, They'd come right out of the bedding areas, go right into the standing corn. I mean, you had like a five-yard window on the edge of the Kept him there, it sounds like. You know, and, no, I did, yeah, I did keep him there. Kept him alive, was, essentially. Yeah, it was just hard uh, hard to get in on him, you know. And, and uh, I had a few pictures of, um, of him. Um, he wasn't real frequent. I mean, I, I think he was hanging out there some, but I, I don't think that. He was calling it really home. Mm-hmm. I think he was hanging out, you know, from time to time, maybe checking does and, and in the rut. Um, a buddy of mine saw him, and I saw him once. But and not this real, is he was an eight-point at this time. Yeah, just just a big eight. Not real consistent. Probably, uh, I'm going to say mid-30s, maybe 140. I mean, so, I mean. A classic like, good oh, Midwestern yeah, buck. Oh, yeah, big body. Four and a half year old, probably maybe five and a half. Nothing to base a whole year of podcast off of. At this no, point. no, no. And then uh, I ended up killing a real good one that year in December. A different farm um, had a stud showing up, so shot him late with my bow, and and that was that. So then I'm thinking, okay, you know, I want to find this buck's sheds. So then the next year I found both his sheds, and um, I'm like, all right, now it's 2016. I'm like, well, this this you know this buck's going to be a stud. Start. Man, mana cooler segment here brought to you by yeah. Mana Cooler. Steve's getting into the old cooler. Hey, he's, he's dipping his paws into that. Yeah. There's like 15 people in this room, and everyone wants a brewski. Kurt, you go for one? I'm fine, thank you. I just figured you could do it a little quieter. But uh, I, the perfect place to, to plug Mana. Well, he's, he's, oh, he's just trying to help Mana out. I mean, I, hey, <laughs> he's like, look at me. Cooler. I'm opening it. <laughs> I'm Bam! trying to. I because I grabbed one, and there was like, yeah. Sorry, Clint. Oh, no, you're good. Continue. So in, in 2016, um, hung some cameras and minerals, Was had soybeans on this farm, had like 35 acres of standing beans. So I, I kind of figured this buck, this buck would be hanging out there. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, you know, right off the rep in June, starts showing up, pictures all the time, um, summer velvet. I mean, he was all over that farm. Um, problem was, as I had at the time and still to this day, was – biggest you know extra i mean biggest buck of my life up to this point was hit was also showing up on a, another one of my farms all a the different time farm from this deer yeah probably mile and a half two miles down the road oh they're they basically knew each other oh absolutely oh yeah, yeah they're best yeah. friends actually they each uh, other's butts once actually where i killed extra i have pictures of the buck the big six i killed this year so i mean you know they the way the crow flies Probably a mile. They're familiar. Like, They're oh, familiar. yeah, yeah. But down the road, you're talking probably two. But realistically, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, th- these bucks would have seen each other. I guarantee it. Isn't it weird to think about, like, you know, you're going to have these deer mount on the wall next to each other. To yeah. Be like, these yeah. guys probably hated each other. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's weird to think about, were, but it's kind of neat to think about Because the they were both big, mature bucks, and both of them would have would have wanted to call this place mine. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it'd be cool to see, like, how they interacted. But so, you know, so my mind was made up in the summer of 2016, okay, whichever buck is, is showing me a better pattern, that's who I'm going to hunt. That's just – it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's going to lay it out a little yeah, better for you. and it ended up being extra. I mean, and I shot him opening night. So he read the script perfect, and then – 
you know, it was funny. I killed him opening night, and and it was cool because I'd never killed a buck the first night of the season. But it also sucked because it was over. It, it, oh, it's I terrible, mean, literally, I like I took uh, took Jackson out that morning, so I hunted two hours with him, um, and then that night I hunted an hour and forty five minutes and and killed extra so i mean you know so so i hunted like we're gonna round up we're gonna say i hunted four hours and your season's done yeah and that was it it was done now it was cool because you know like i I got to hunt with 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 jackson and uh and and he killed a he he killed his well he was five at the time and he killed a uh killed a buck with his crossbow so it was cool to like have my tag filled and then get to hunt with him because i mean any deer that showed up he was like jacked i mean Mm -hmm. yearling walks out and he's like Oh, but now, oh, it's you know, pretty, yeah, so, it, so it was cool. It's pretty cool. Like, you can relax and like focus on oh, Jackson now, and but, like, get but I wasn't him. relaxed though. Like I was on pins and needles. Like I'd be like, "Don't move, don't move." You know, I mean, it was like right. you know, like you're on. But yeah, so so like the 2016 season comes and goes, and it's like you know, I I, I shot extra, but in my head I'm still like, man, you know, I, I wonder what happened to that buck, you know. Right. So I pulled all the stands on that farm, and I. Um, totally left that farm alone we didn't gun like i didn't let anyone gun hunt it you know like even you know like usually like my family like will gun hunt that farm and told my dad i'm like man i'm like you know i'm like let's just let's just let that farm go like let it set let's let it set let Mm -hmm. it set did not find his sheds and i was like man i'm like you know like where where does buck go you know i didn't find his sheds but across the street um neighbor guy had standing corn and he allows no shed hunting, no hunting at all. What? what? No shed hunting, just walking. No, not well. He shed hunts. So, oh no! So he ended up he ended up finding this. But box. does he hunt though? Does he hunt? He shed hunts more than he actually deer hunts. He he likes interesting. Yeah, he likes just to walk, and him and his dog walk, and he and you know he finds thirty forty sheds a year. He likes he perfect. Just, Damn. Know, yeah. God, he wait, likes, can't wait till that guy dies so his property comes <laughs> yeah, up. No, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> Great hunting. I averaged two sheds a year, and I've beaten that already this year. See, so well, hey, you're you're way ahead of the game. Uh huh. You're you're in it to win it. And it's just getting started right now. So, well, I don't know if that's fair to say. Oh yeah, I, th- yeah. I think I, so. I, I mean, I've only been out a couple times. Now. I still got a lot of deer holding. So yeah, it's true. But so, so your your dick neighbor. <laughs> yeah. So so I'm not allowed to shed hunt it. Um, I'm sure I, he's a great guy. I yeah. Well, not really, but yeah. So <laughs> he ends up finding this buck's shed, so I get to see him, and uh, I'm just like, man, you know, all right. So then this year rolls around, and I pick him up right away. Um on cameras and stuff and we had corn and beans on that same same farm 30 in a row we split it up corn and beans and he's in the beans like all june july getting pictures of him like and he's just this giant six with a little kicker off his g2 but he's 23 wide he's got big beams he's got crazy mass and i'm just like you know i've always wanted to shoot a big six I've everyone all, I've, man I've, 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 everyone I've just, does you know it's just cool to be like i mean they're not going to score that well but on the wall, though, they just look so massive. Big. Yeah, they just look so massive. Well, our buddy Austin Chandler shot a big six yeah, this year. Yes, and I can't yes. remember what his scored, but it was. Um, we were trying. It to doesn't talk, matter. Like, it's a big six, man. That's yeah, yeah. No. incredible. And I, I remember seeing that buck from Austin. That was a that was a hell of a deer. But that was what, a nice buck. But my point of like bringing up score is if you were just talking to a guy that was was into bow hunting, you're like, yeah, I shot a hundred and twenty five inch 
And he'd be like, you shot 120. Yeah, it's a six. It's a six pointer. point. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, like, whoa, that's like 160 like, inch. Exactly. If you yeah. can get close to Pope and Young on just a straight six, it's big. Like, that's big. You're, it's I mean, it's a G1 and a G2 yeah, on each you side. You literally have four times up in main beams, and that's it. Like, yep. you know, as far as, you know, tines and beams go, I mean, that's, that's all you got. Yeah. Shot a 125 inch spike. Sounds like an Impala. Damn, you like that? That's tough. Well, that's I mean, tough. That's, that's reaching. Nice. That was a tough one. Try again here in a bit, man. You're doing yeah. all right. I do want yeah, to say the next couple plays yeah, out. Come back later. You're doing okay. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, you think on a six pointer, people don't realize like <laughs> on, a, huh? on a big eight pointer. So if someone's like, yeah, I shot a 155 inch eight pointer, that's oh, a monster, gigantic. You know, people don't realize a ten pointer, you got more points. It, it sounds dumb when you lay it out, but when you look at a deer's frame. Yeah, you can say, like, you look at your big six-pointer and be like, oh, yeah, that deer is easily whatever you think it is, like 150s, 160s. But when you measure it, there's oh, a yeah. G1 and there's a G2. Yeah, and that it. main beam point that you count, it's yeah. part of the main beam. So it's already been included in that main beam measurement. Yep. yep. So you're not getting extra points for that last no. ca- count as a six-pointer. Yeah. yeah. And I think people don't realize that sometimes when you look at the deer as a whole. No, absolutely. So a 125-inch six-pointer. That's big six. It's a giant. Yeah. Huge. I mean, I've always said if you can get over 115. It's a giant. As just a six. I mean, you're talking wide, Huge. good beams, mass. You know, and, Huge. And, and I mean. And, Huge. And going into the year, I had an, another buck that would have been, I'm going to say mid-50s, maybe low-60s, and as, a, as just a straight 10. But in my head, I'm thinking, I, I know that deer is going to score more, but – that six man, I mean, it's just he was so old, and I knew he was going to be probably in that seven to eight somewhere in there, you know. Based off, of, I figured the sheds I had was like five and six, and I didn't find them for one year. I thought that might have been seven, so I'm thinking this buck's at least seven and a half, maybe eight and a half, which is crazy. And I'm just like, you know what? Like that's the buck that's always in the back of your mind. Yeah, You're always thinking about it. Absolutely. Yep. And and for me, it's like you know, I love the chess match. More so than anything. I mean, like, everyone talks about, like, you know... It's Which all, explain why you're bumped for killing extra the first day, you know? Well, you, yeah. You didn't get to play the game. Right, better. right. And, I mean, you know, and, and like, like, a couple of my, you know, a couple of my really good buddies, you know, Adam Chaddock and Ryan Bursch, you know, they, they were like, oh, dude, this is great. And when I made this comment, they looked at me like they wanted to hit me with a ball bat, but they sort of understood it, so they didn't. I, I made the comment, like, two days after I killed extra. I'm like, man, this is great, you know, to, to kill a 190s buck is opening a dream day. come true opening, right. day. opening day but in my head i'm like it's You're, over like yeah. in, in ohio you got one buck tag i'm like yeah my season's over and they're like you know they're flip i mean they literally wanted to hit me with their truck they're like why how could you even say a statement like that and i'm like it's i don't know for me it's just not like oh it's all about putting an arrow through them i mean yeah that's that's the goal yeah don't get me wrong but i love that chess match though well like, yeah because yeah, you, oh, you sure. put all that time yeah. and effort in it's like dude when you buy that uh when we bought that uh conor mcgregor uh jose aldo fight it was like oh i can't absolutely. i can't wait to see this fight you know yep. you're you want to see a fight you want to see and then what happens 13 seconds in, yeah exactly all those yep. going to sleep it's like what the <laughs> hell dude <laughs> night, <laughs> can i get night. my money back <laughs> yeah but the thing is it'd be different if that happened all the time. You'd be like, "Damn, it happened again." I don't get to hunt this season, but right. it doesn't. It never happens. But I mean, how right. many people can say they went out opening day and said, "Okay, I shot a 190 inch deer," or well, even a, or even a deer or a buck on opening, opening day? day? Yeah, no, that's the thing. Uh, the chances of doing that are slim to well, none. Yeah, and very slim. There's always been a couple dates in my head that I've always wanted to kill deer on. I, I've always wanted to kill an, an opening night buck. I've always wanted to kill a Halloween buck. Um, I actually 
uh, would have been 2000 and uh, let's see, a year after I graduated. It had been two. It would have been the fall of 2007. I shot over the back of probably 140 inch eight on Halloween night, and that still haunts me to this day because I've always wanted to kill a Halloween buck. Um, I've always wanted to kill a buck on my birthday. I'm I'm a rut baby, born November six, so that's oh you're, you're November Valentine's Day. Oh, absolutely, Valentine's, Valentine's Day, baby. Day, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I'm you know, always. Dude, I'm two weeks after Valentine. I'm November twenty first. Oh, look so at you. So my my parents uh, celebrated Valentine's that's Day awesome. a little late. A little late. <laughs> yeah, I'm in I'm in March. Nothing special. Yeah. I still love real. you though. I mean, yeah. you're 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 still the hottest guy here. It's a fact. Him? What? That's a fact. It's a fact. Steve's here. Him? It's science. I'm not going to give Steve any. He, how is he? I'm not hottest? giving Steve any attention. My my girlfriend has given him enough attention tonight. Yeah, I'm not going to give him any more. He any more. How is he the hottest guy here? He's not the one sweating right now. Well, that's you're only sweating because you're hot. Oh, that's right. <laughs> God, you're Zing. despicable. It's got she weird. Needs a thermometer to take my temperature, but anyway. Yeah, we know where that's been. Yeah, we ain't talking about that. <laughs> Man, off the rails. Uh, I told you I'd get off there, but I'm back on him now. So you end up honing in on this deer. I'm kind of like cutting to it. Um, yep. And this was, I remember getting the text message in the car on the way home from ATA. And I'm yeah, like, I remember that. I'm like, yep. Clint got it done. Everyone's like, what? I'm like, huh? What? Clint killed a biggin. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Of course he did. Yeah, <laughs> that's what everyone's right. Yeah, we know he did. Like, no, he just did. Oh, yeah. But that's that's expected. He did. It's like, you called this pretty much. You and Austin Chandler called your deer this year, I feel like. I, I mean, I just, well. I hunted him early, and uh, I mean, it, he's one of those bucks that he was so much fun to hunt because he humbled me all the time. I mean, you know, like I, in my head, I had pictures of him in September, and he was hard horned, and he's showing up in daylight, and I'm like, I'm gonna rock his bucks world the first week, like your dad, like mm-hmm. you're 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 you know you're you're screwing up, you're showing yourself in daylight, you're showing me, you know, like. The way my camera was placed, I could literally watch this buck basically get out of this thicket, get up from his bed, and walk into these beans. And I'm like, the script was being written. Oh, I'm just like, I'm like, dude, like you are, you are basically telling me, come, come kill me. So you're fucking done, son. Yeah, you're done, son. So I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, like you don't want to get. You know, I never, I never get overconfident because there's been times where you get like sort of cocky and like, oh yeah, I got this buck, and then they we just talked in, about and this then on they podcast. literally <laughs> come in and they just kick your ass, and then you feel like an idiot because you tell your buddies, oh dude, he's been showing up, I'm about to slam this buck, and then they're like, dude, it's been three weeks, what's up? Like you know, be like, up? yeah, exactly. Like so, in my head though, I'm thinking, all right, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this buck killed, and and uh, he actually. I don't know why, but he changed up where he was bedding um, about the middle of September, and he started entering the field from a different. Uh, he started entering this bean field from a different different side. So in my head, I was thinking, okay, well, there's neighboring properties that butt up to this farm. So I figured it was it was neighbor pressure. I thought, okay, this this bucks he's something's tipped him off. It's almost to be deer season, like you know. People are hanging stands or cameras or people are in the woods. Something's going on. Right. So I'm like, all right. So now I'm spending my evenings glassing, you know, this field, trying to, like, you know, pinpoint on different winds, like I always do with, with these bucks. You know, I try to find what wind they like. And and I'm going to bring this up because I think a lot of guys forget this. And uh, a good buddy of mine, Adam Hayes from Ohio, like me, I mean, he taught me this years ago. Um, everybody wants to hunt a wind that's good for them. And what I mean by that is, is, is say you've got a, uh, say you got a bean field, 
and your dominant wind is um, out of the east, and that eastern wind blows from you know from uh, let's say the woods to the field. So for a hunter going into that, that's a great win. That's great. But a deer that's bedded off that field, that's a terrible win because that deer cannot wind anything that's actually out in front of him in that field. Yeah, right. It doesn't work for him. No, it does not right. work for him. Now, it works great for the guy hunting. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to hunt a wind that's great for them. Yep. And what Adam taught me years ago, and, and I've picked up on this and I, and I still use it to this day, I call it hunt a killable a killable wind and what and a killable wind in my opinion is a wind that's good for that buck so let's say the this, this same scenario you, you got this wind that's out of the east that's good for you that's realistically not good for him for the buck, so the right. opposite would be good for him mm-hmm. wind out of the west okay now a wind out of the west lets that buck scent check that entire field mm-hmm. well what i found was is that this buck constantly would be in daylight on killable winds for him so every time that there was a wind that was either out of the east or the north, this buck would be in this field before daylight. So now I got I'd totally change up stands and change up what I was doing because it was a wind that he liked. Now you know, uh, I don't want to say that I I'm, I'm super aggressive, but I like to push the envelope. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're going to kill a big buck, you got you got to take risks. Um, right d- during the rut, you can get lucky. Um, but anyone that follows me knows, honestly, I've said this before, the rut's my least favorite time. I mean, I, I, I'm a pattern guy. I like patterns. Yeah, and you can't pattern. No, and, and in the rut, it's, it's, a, it's you, jump Sporadic. A, you jump in a funnel or you jump on a field edge where a bunch of does are coming and you hope for the best. Mm-hmm. I like early and late because it's patterns. And, you know, killable wins for a buck early and late, that's, that's a deadly sin for them. I yeah. mean, you know. So I, I, I figured out, you know, kind of what this buck was doing. So uh, I had an antelope tag still in, in uh, Montana. So October 24th, I was leaving for Montana to go try to fill this antelope tag. With Brian Barney, right? With, with Brian Barney and my good buddy Dan, Dan Hever, another good buddy of Brian's. Um, October 23rd, perfect win. I got this wind coming out of the north. Um, I had just rehung this set in a different tree. Five o'clock, I see this buck coming, and I'm like, "This is it," you know. I'm like, "This is this, tonight's the night." He's with another buck. Um, they get out in the field. They're feeding towards me, and uh, the whole time I'm thinking, you know, this is it. I'm gonna kill this buck tomorrow. I'm heading to Montana. I'm gonna go kill a freaking antelope like it's gonna be the greatest week ever you know so they mess around in these beans you know and and they're they're feeding they're feeding they're feeding and and they're they're working my way but they're they're just they're taking forever Mm -hmm. i mean absolutely i mean it is taking forever you know so there's probably 20 minutes of uh daylight left and i remember he's at 57 yards and he was slightly quartering to me and and i'm thinking in my head like you know i know i mean like you know i I know I can make this shot, but I'm like, I'm just going to see what happens. It's yeah, early. That's a, that's a, yeah, it's too it's, tough it's, to it's make a, that. It's, it's an iffy, you know, I mean, like, I know I can make it, but I'm thinking, dude, you Anything got, can happen. Yeah, I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, you got probably 20 minutes. Let's, long story short, October 23rd, first night I see this buck in person out of a tree. He gets to me at 15 yards, feet, feeding, facing me, and he literally never gives me a shot. 
he faces <laughs> he he literally faces me the entire oh, time. That's tough. So it's enough to tempt you to make a poor decision. It, well, and it's it's you know and absolutely you know what I mean. It's yeah, like, oh man, no, I it could, is. Yeah, it is. But and, what if I shot him head on and I got enough penetration? No, he could it just he would run is. fifteen yards and die. Yep. But then you know you kick yourself in the yep. ass the rest of the year. Yep. If you shot him if right you, in the front, you, and you like he and just runs away. Yeah. Yep, and it's yeah. it's one of those deals where I'm sitting there like, that's something that goes through a lot of hunters' heads. Oh yeah, and, and I'll be about. honest. I mean, I'm trying every scenario. You know, I live and die by, um, I live and die by the statement of, if a buck gives you the first opportunity, good opportunity a buck gives you, you better take it, and good opportunity as in a shot you're comfortable with. You know, I mean, some guys. I mean, I'll admit, I mean, that, that, if that deer had been at 37 instead of 57, quartering to me a little bit, it'd been a lot different. I'm smoking that buck. Oh, yeah, just, I'm not even going to think about it. But 57 yards, a lot can happen. There's Tough. there's a lot that can happen at 57 yards. A deer yards. Can, can duck underneath 20 arrows at 60 oh, yards. Absolutely. Easily. You know, easily. It's, yeah. it's amazing. I shot at one good buck at 50 yards and he was slightly quartering away. I have it on film. And I'm oh, like, yeah. had no idea I was there. I shot. And he ducked so hard. He ducked a foot and a half. Yep. I hit him high shoulder. And I, I marked a dot on the screen oh, yeah. where my arrow hit and then reversed it. And I would have smoke showed him, like heart yep. shot all day. And it's just. It but, was, he, but he ducked that bad. It's a, It ducked bad. Yep. yep. And that's a learning experience. I know if there's a, a mature, any deer really, at 50 yards, you hold low, hold heart. And if he heart ducks. Heart or nothing. If he, if he, double long. If he, du- if he ducks, you double long. Double if him. he doesn't. Yeah, shoot, you a, shoot him? under him, or you shoot under him. Yeah, yeah, yep, and you're fine. So yep. <laughs> that's up to the hunter to know the deer's movement and the deer's yep. body language, whether or not you're going to make that shot or not. And that's what makes it so tough. That's what makes boning hard. A deer rarely is going to duck a bullet, and that's what the beauty of working class bow hunters. Why we're so dedicated to bow hunting because anyone can really pull a trigger for the most part. That's right. But that's what makes bow hunting so difficult is you get tempted with the shit like this mm-hmm. and. But me personally, I wouldn't take a shot at fifty yards. I don't care if it's a doe or not. I mean, that's just, it, it that's depends. Just me. Though. It depends. Yeah, I, I know I can make that shot, but I don't want to take the chance of me kicking myself in the ass. Yep. Saying yep. Either I made a bad shot or I miss because I'm going to kick myself in the ass no matter what happens. A feeding deer that has no idea there that's in a stationary Absolutely. position with his head down. Perfect. That's that's your opportunity right there. You can pull a fifty yard shot yep. if oh, you yeah. can shoot fifty yards. You got practice at seventy and eighty. Yep. Fifty seems like twenty, right? You know, well, that's the thing is, you know, I I shoot so much at one hundred five, one hundred ten, one hundred fifty. Not that I'm going to take those shots, but I hunt out west so much where you sixty know, yards is a common. Seventy, eighty yard shot at an elk or an antelope or a mule deer. I mean, dude, that's a pretty. I mean, if you get a broadside mule deer feeding in a basin and you're above him behind some rocks, that's a common thing. You, if you can't make that, you're really handicapping yourself. So I shoot it. You know, 105, 110, even 120, because if you can start to get good there, a 70-yard shot is like literally me shooting at 20. I mean, what's How far was you your know, antelope this year? Uh, he was 57. See, that's that's what I thought, because I'm going elk hunting this year, and I'm, I'm going to practice long shots just in case. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. I, antelope is something that I want to do. Yep. And uh, Small target. Small I'll, target. I'll probably do that with my buddy Jeremy from Buckstorm out in South Dakota here in the next couple of years. Um, he's like... Make sure you're good at sixty yard shots, man. Oh, absolutely. He's like sixty yards is about all as close as you're going to get sometimes. Oh, yeah. So I he's think like Jeremy just became our new guide out there. Oh, he's a he's a stud. He's, him and uh, and Travis from Bucksform are, are just absolute studs. Wait, it, Travis it, has a cool video of him uh, killing a, a kitty, which you've killed a mountain lion too. 
Hardest yeah. hunt I've ever been on. That's a dream hunt of mine. We skipped past your six point, the full total yeah, kill. We didn't, but we didn't we're ever on, get to that. We're on to more fun things here. They're all fun. They're all well, fun. it kind of leads into Mount it. Mountain interesting because we've never done it, but. Yeah, no, that is. That's, yeah, that's a tough hunt. Would you do it again, or is it kind of like a one and done thing for you? When I did it, I said never again because. It sucked. <laughs> I mean, anyone that reads my stuff or listens to me or follows me on social media like i don't sugarcoat shit i mean i just i give it black and white yeah that mountain lion hunt on about day three i was really questioning in plain words why in the hell i wanted to go on a mountain lion hunt <laughs> uh i had a cracked rib i split my head open uh, i'd been off fall i'd been off a mule slash horse three different times I, i'm not used to riding 30 miles a day i mean my yeah. i mean i was chewing tylenol like they were skittles i was popping pills like a pill head because literally i mean i was so sore i i would get in we'd get back at say dark so 5 30 6 o'clock by 7 30 i was out you were in new mexico for this it was new mexico yep yep and i mean you're you know you, you cut dogs loose every day 13 to 15 dogs and um Every day they rotate dogs out, so you got fresh dogs, and you know you have to go guide it out there. You know you you can't if you're a re- if you're a non resident, you cannot mountain lion hunt. Um, well, you probably never kill one without dogs. No, no, yeah, you know guys. I mean, I hear people say all the time, "Oh, you could probably spot and stalk." No, like spot and stalk a yeah, cat. Yeah, like like I mean like <laughs> that's it, what they it do. Was crazy, yeah, like the ultimate predator. Well, I watch my house cat go around and jump on my ass. Unless like, I'm gonna sneak up oh, on a mountain. Well, it, it was it was crazy. Like I mean, you know, you. like not to get off on a a tangent, but just real quick, like on day two, we picked up the lion. I ended up killing on day six. Picked this track up. On day two, we followed him 33 miles. On day three, damn. On day three, that cat actually, after mile 15, was making a loop back to see what you were. To see what we were. On day four, we were backtracking because that cat was on our tracks trying to figure out what the hell we were. So we were hunting him, and then he was hunting us. Like I mean, and honestly, like <laughs> like. It sounds it's so screwed up, but that's how it is. Like mm-hmm. they literally get curious because they're a cat, and they start hunting you. So then you start playing this game of, oh shit! What way so, is we, are yeah, we actually what, going? Yeah, are, are we actually on him or is he on? Like what's happening? And then that cat knows you're there the whole absolutely. time. Absolutely, he knows absolutely. you're there when you're following him. He knows the you're cat, behind him. The cat I killed was in four. He was treed, treed, bayed, whatever you want to call it. He was in a tree four times and jumped before I ever actually got to see him on the fifth time of this cat being in a tree because what they'll do is they'll, they'll run up they'll get a breather catch their breath let all the dogs get on the bottom of the tree and they'll jump out and when, when after they catch their wind they'll jump out and when they hit the ground it's freaking haul done. ass and they run for the steepest nastiest rocks I mean I mean it the stuff we were in I mean, to this day, and I mean, I've hunted all over the West, but to this day, it was the nastiest, steepest. Like, you go to New Mexico and find the nastiest shit you can find, that's where lions are. I mean, they, they just, that's how where they live. How many dogs die during this thing? Because dogs got to fall off cliffs, like, fairly common, right? When they're chasing after there, cats? Uh, the week that, that me and my buddy Cliff were there, um, no dogs died, but when I killed mine, there were three dogs that jumped on him and rolled down this cliff. Two of them broke legs, and one broke a 
forget if it was because those dogs live for that shit. That's all they do. Oh, dude, like you shoot a cat and it falls, they latch on, and wherever the cat rolls and goes, they'll go. Like, the, I mean, it is the biggest in plain words. Excuse my French, clusterfuck you've ever seen in your life. Oh, like, I, bet. I mean, I hit this cat perfect, and, and my my guide was like, "Dude, you smoked him. He's dead." But when they jump out, they're still actually alive. So right. the dogs and everything will jump on them. And he dove off this big cliff. When he dove off this cliff, we had two dogs break legs and we had a dog. I forget if he broke his back leg or he broke his hip. But regardless, three dogs on that ordeal got hurt. Not dead, but got hurt. But, I mean, there's there's been times where Shit. where uh, my buddy that, that, um, that does the, the guidance for these lions, he's had – cats go up in these rocks and the dogs get stuck in the rocks and they have to helicopter these nets down to save the dogs one time he lost 10 dogs helicopters could not get to him they got down in this cave and it was so steep and so rugged no one could get to him he literally had to let his dogs go oh shit those 10 dogs he lost thirty thousand dollars cool like like these dogs i mean they're like a couple grand a piece i mean like they're not just like they're your badasses oh dude so that's because those dogs are on a mission they only know one oh, yeah. thing and that's well, all the chase cats and that's and fun and to them that's what they live for those yeah. dogs if that's right. all they've known for fun yep. well our buddy jack vaccaro uh with five seasons uh chip cities filming and producing that show yeah. yep and uh jack and and chip and dylan all went on a mountain lion hunt I mean, I don't know, a few weeks ago in Colorado, mm-hmm. and uh, Jack got lucky and killed Snow him hunt. the first day. Snow hunt, yeah. yeah. And he has footage of this cat on this uh, weird shrub bush thing. I don't know the term for it because I don't know Western. Oh, yeah, 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 no. I, and I know this, this mountain lion's on yeah. this thing, and the dogs are around Probably it. Probably an aspen or something. Yeah, yeah, it might have been. I could tell because of the way it was. Oh, I was just and about to say it. <laughs> this cat, Sam, Isn't that neat? my wife loved that one. You're welcome. Um, this cat is just full of life swipes at these dogs and takes off along this cliff and these dogs are running along the cliff and all i could think about looking at that i'm like how many dogs fall off cliffs and just die oh yeah it has to happen all the time oh it does dude i I remember watching this uh you know just dogs are an incredible animal you know it's it's weird that you know they came from wolves and they help like man hunt like um i was watching this documentary about rats and dude they had these like (laughs) little dogs in england and they're all like these like yorkie terriers and dude, they murder rats. Like they go out to farms, and there's another video floating around where, dude, these dogs—that's all they live for—is yeah. killing these rats. They don't eat them; they kill them. And like all the little dogs, you know, they look like the little like, ankle biters have like scars, and some are missing eyes. I might be wrong Clint, on this, Clint. You might know. Do is it wolves that hunt for fun? Thrill hunters. I think uh, tigers do it. I might be completely wrong. I don't. But, know. I actually know nothing no, about like, tigers, um, but actually, in New Mexico. Uh, they have what they call uh, red wolves, and um, their whole deal is that's basically what they do. Is they're they're thrill killers. They'll, you know, rarely do they actually eat um, what they'll kill. I mean, they might they get their meal for the day, and then the rest yeah, are killing. Yeah, it's just it's just like they like to they'll they, kill they like to bring to just, their buddies in to kill them. Yeah, like they they just like to go out and go out and kill. I mean, they're a thrill killer, and. Um, we need to get an actual like wolf biologist on the scene. That'd be like, awesome. Like that, and I, I'm so interested in like talking to like a mountain lion biologist because oh, there's dude. there's so, so much shit that we don't know. Dude, I've I've heard in like Arizona too. Like they've seen like um, where this is how far like the, the jaguar. I mean, the jaguar is a, an incredible animal, and they've seen some in like up near either Arizona or New Mexico is where they've been spotted. Really, and, a jaguar? 
Yeah, they're coming like up a from leopard. Yeah, well, coming up from South America, through my, all through Mexico. Yeah, they like they've in. I I was like, man, Isn't that's there, an like awful Florida lot of, Panthers a thing too, but that's not a, it's not a native animal to Florida, is it? I thought it was. I it's thought just the like Panther bears was. in Iowa. I mean, I thought the spotted. Florida Panther was like a. I mean, I'm a sex panther. I'm in Ohio, so I don't. Really <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there you go. That's no, I, like I, I've seen that where there was, they were like, yeah, it's, 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 it's rolling her eyes. Looking at you, Doug. Looking at you. <laughs> Maybe but, you know, it's to, a real panther. I don't want an Iowa. Well, and to me, that was like that was Big wild. That, I'll be honest. That smells like pure Whoa. gasoline. <laughs> I mean, it was wild that he said, you know, one day they tracked this cat 33 miles. Now, do you think that's think what about that? that do, you, do you think that's what that cat was doing because it knew it was being followed, or because that's just what it was going to do? It knew it was being followed. That cat sure knew. went back to two of his kills. And what they'll do is, like, we oh, found... Oh, bury him, right? Yep, yeah. yeah. We, we found a, uh, a mule deer buck, a, a really nice buck, I'll add, um, that he put on the edge of this pond, actually, like, where, like, the dam would be. He, he dug a big hole and covered it up. He went back to that, ate some of it, covered it back up, and then went over to another kill, checked it, didn't look like he ate it, but just checked it to make sure it was there and nothing else and pissed with it and took off. So that cat knew he was being followed, but he was smart enough to know he was ahead of us enough to where he had time to go do that. So yeah. he was going to replenish himself nutrient-wise and body-wise. He was going to get a bite to eat. He wasn't worried about shit, really. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, he knew, like, I mean, number one, like, the, the dogs are loud. Like, yeah. you know, you can hear 15 dogs from, Coming from you know, while, 15 yeah. hounds, we'll say, from quite a ways away. So that cat knew he had time. Well, that's what I was curious about, too. When you said you tracked him for 33 miles, I, I was like, well, did he not hunt or eat during that time? You know? Oh, no, he did. Where where we got him was on day four is where the, where the tide really turned back to us because he actually backtracked back into this valley. And it's the valley that, that, that this, this big drainage um, – this big drainage and valley that we started in, he actually had come back. He circled back into it. We cut old tracks. Then we went back and cut new tracks, and it was early in the day. So that cat actually had went out and then looped back into this drainage. And what that did was is that told us right there that he wasn't super worried about us because he came back to us, and he was probably hunting or trying to come back to a kill that we just didn't find. But that gave us a head step. So instead of being, say, 15 miles away from him, by the time he realized we were down in that drainage too, now he's only a few miles away. Right. Now, on, on, on day five, we got to see him. We, we put him in a tree a couple times. So basically, we just kept wearing him down to where, you know, like those cats are very territorial. So a yeah, lot of how- times what they'll do is, is, you know, they might work a 50 square mile area, but they like to come back to what they know is home. And, and, and they like to, you know, they know where their kills are. So we that's got, where you, that's where you can pattern them, well, pattern them and say, okay, he's heading back this way. Yeah, so but in that's, a 50 we're gonna square mile, like how did you not run into any other cats? Like, are they just that very, very territorial, very like, like the Tom I killed was a, um, was a very mature, Tom, he he was a he was a mature male, so they will fight off and defend you know fifty sixty square miles. Now, if if there's a that's if, insane. If, if there's a female in heat, you could run into three or four toms from other areas that smell her in heat. They come in, but realistically, they don't like to to coexist with one another. You know, like the big I mean, tomcats are the same thing. It's same as it's yeah. so crazy how like they are pretty much the same animal. Just do, do they they're are exactly they the are. same animal. They are. Just, they're exactly bigger. the same. Yep. That's why people are like, "Why do you like cats?" I love. I 
I like dogs, but I love cats twice as much. Because cats are the ultimate predator, dude. They're badass to watch. I'll say they're the Even ultimate. a house cat. Like, I can just... I'm picturing my house cat, the shit it does, and then yeah, multiply that into a mountain like what you're saying. Dude, like, I think about this, that shit all the this time. This square mileage, it's like... At first, it's like, oh, fuck, man, like 30 miles, 50 miles, 60 miles, but it's really not that My, my cat is a stone-cold killer, man. He's got dude, they're 10 savages. mice, one baby rabbit, and one bat <laughs> on the house. In the just, house. Just inside. In the house. He's never been outside. It's just, they're they're crazy. Imagine if a cat gets a hold of you, I would much rather get attacked by a, a canine, like a wolf, than a mountain lion. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've, I've said it all. I mean, when I go on these, these solo hunts by myself out west, everyone always is like, oh, what about bears? What about wolves? I'm like, I don't give, in plain words, a flying fuck about that. No, yeah. What I don't want to run into is a mountain lion because you'll never know he's there. No, no, like, yeah. Like, he He'll or be, she will be on your back. Broken neck. Broken <laughs> neck. And you literally won't even have enough time to go, ah. Like, I mean, you won't know. <laughs> you literally, like a bear or a wolf. Chances are you'll you're know. Hear you're getting mauled. You'll hear them. You get mauled. You'll see them. You've got a chance of not even being killed. You might be a paraplegic out there trying to eat leaves, but you don't even. I mean, I feel like you, a brother bites your skull. You're pretty much done, though. Well, at oh, that yeah. point, at that point, it's over. But a, a mountain lion, if it attacks you, it's a hundred percent. It's you're done. That you, cat's gonna be five feet away from you, and you're not even gonna know it. No. Okay. You, you ever you're never gonna know? You it. ever mess with the house cat? Like you get them all roughed up, get them rough playing. I love doing this with my cat. And then they hit you. They grip your arm with their front legs, yeah. and they hit you with the back legs. The sh- 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 yeah. sh- with their back legs. Oh, they go Imagine really a fast. mountain lion doing that to your yeah, torso. It's over. It's over. You fuck, son. Yeah, you done. It's, it's you fucking done, you son. Fucking done, son. Did you say your cat got a baby rabbit in your house? In the house. I don't know how the baby rabbit got in. Horrible but got homeowner him. for letting baby rabbits in your house. Well, first yeah, 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 you're running. Yeah. Your resale value yeah, sucks yeah, ass. Terrible. Yeah, rabbit holes all over that fucking thing, huh? But that's like with the <laughs> house cat too. The rabbit like, hole. <laughs> like, Unbelievable. We'll wake up and Jeez, that, the cat's sitting on top of the door. We don't know how he got up there. We didn't hear him get up there, but you wake up and he's just on top of the door. Doesn't dude, he, get, he climbs up, shit. I guarantee it. Dude. Hey, doesn't your cat get in the freezer? He loves the freezer. If you're getting ice out of there, like out of the ice bucket... He'll come up. He knows you're in there. You know, sit on the table and then jump in the freezer. And you can you can shut the door, dude. Hey, you don't, you don't give a fuck. I want to ask a, freeze them out. I want to ask a stupid thing because I'm going to base all my hunting cat hunting uh, mountain lions off what cats do. You're not do, going mountain lion. Do hunting. you think if you just run some running water or go near a fountain that the cat will like go to it? Because dude, my cat. I just put a big cardboard box drink. out there and wait for one to <laughs> jump in. Dude, just get an Amazon package delivery of cat toys and throw them shits off to the side. No, just a giant cardboard box and put it out in the middle of the field and he'll find it. Oh yeah, dude, no, because they love the so boxes stupid. that shit comes in more. I just That is fascinating. I it's, wonder if that worked though. There's a Western hunting podcast out there listening to a bunch of flatlanders right now talk about mountain lion hunting. They're just laughing. No, like, or they're probably like, they're probably like, they're like yelling on the phone like, Jesus Christ, they figured out the secret, dude. <laughs> hey, get the boxes out. Get the, get boxes, the boxes out. <laughs> Order my box, man. Oh my I, I need my box blind. Dude, all of a sudden you go and like, you start walking on their property, you see like a j- big ass tree with like some fat ass rope around it. Like, that's oh. a scratching post, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dude, just catnip is the secret of mountain lion hunting. Dude, the guys are sitting in stands with, like, giant fishing poles with, like, <laughs> big-ass, like, feather shit. All right, we're getting off this. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Here we Cut go. Cut into it. Okay. Here we go. So Clint, dude, cat Clint, owners are laughing their asses <laughs> off right now. Back to Clint's buck <laughs> after, like, an hour. <laughs> we'll just go with this. You were successful. You always are. You always kill big deer. You killed that, you killed that antelope, too. 57 yards, you said? 
Antelope was uh, I was tough hunt. I was out there for uh, six or seven days in August, and uh, missed one at seventy eight. Hit one in the shoulder at eighty one. So yeah, I mean, I mean, just shots you got to be able to make. You know, yeah, yeah. Just I missed one, and then the one I hit. If I'm on the other side of the tennis ball, I smoke him. If I'm on the left, if I'm on the left side of the tennis ball, I smoke him. I hit the right side. I hit him square in the shoulder at 82, and just didn't get enough penetration. I mean, you know, broke that shoulder. We got to watch him, and I mean, we spent the whole day. Me and Brian did trying to track him, but uh, just wasn't able to get it done. Uh, just yeah. didn't get enough penetration. You know, broke a shoulder, but that was it. Didn't get anything vital. So, uh, so the, the rut comes along. I see the big six like three or four times. Um, no shots. I'm basically hoping on standing beans and cold weather in late season i mean i'm if, if i had a one time frame um of the year to kill a big deer like if someone said okay you've got a two-week span you pick it it's a youtube video or a facebook live video and they're telling you how to get it done yep this is this is what you're talking about right here this is it i'm yeah. gonna say i want these end of december early january so you're about a month after the rut you got these bucks that are worn down. They're hungry. The coldest time of the year. You and I Ross want, bigger. I, I dude, yeah. season, guys. I want. You guys are getting I want long. snow and cold. And what I got after Christmas was negative ten, negative twenty foot of snow. I mean, are you, you in know, a stand or a blind? No, I'm in a stand. I, I, you know, hats off to the guys getting it done in blinds. On but the I'm ground blinds, suck, dude. I mean, I just I or love a, to be in a freaking tree i love it i can oh, see yeah. i just you know and, and it's painful i mean i can i, I, remember, I agree with you but it's miserable i remember hanging hanging freaking stands in december and january and i mean i'm taking my gloves off trying to put ratchets on and, oh, and, and, and it's so, like i mean your fingers worse. are like bleeding yeah oh, your yeah. hands get cold and <laughs> then you put so, it in a cold glove oh yeah they get so it's cold just, they get hot so cold you know that yeah. feeling your, oh, but, your fingers yeah. get so cold you know hot. that i mean that that buck it's probably um, frostbite yeah, I saw that buck twice in December, and then in January, on, <laughs> it's crazy, on January 1st. So January 1st comes, and then again, it's like, you know, hey, start the new year off, kill a big buck. Long story short, I have this buck come in, big six comes in at, at 520. So I got like 10 minutes of daylight, you know, and uh, he comes in. And I actually have a rabbit in a thicket down below me, hopping around. <laughs> He's making all this noise in this, and there was like six inches of fresh snow, so the rabbit cannot be seen by the deer, but I can see him because I'm looking straight down. Right. The does, there's like twenty, there's like twenty, thirty does a night coming pouring into this field. Probably five or six other bucks, and then the big six, you know. Mm-hmm. So all the deer are out. So there's like thirty-five deer in front of me. And they're all staring at this thicket, trying to figure out what this, what, what's going on. What's, they, they can hear something moving around, but they can't see it. And and I've got the big six in front of me at seventeen yards. And I I've seventeen got yards, seventeen yards. So I mean, it's this smoke show now. A lot better than sixty. I've got my, you know, I got my bow up, and I mean, I'm just waiting to get drawn back. But he's facing me, and he literally walks almost to the base of my tree. He gets like seven yards, and he's staring at this freaking rabbit, but he still can't see the rabbit. The rabbit ends up like, you know, rabbits are constantly moving around. Well, he ends up like burrowing up out of the snow. And when he comes up out of the snow to get up out of this like little divot that he was in, 
he pops up and all this snow and stuff in these briars falls down because he's making all this movement. Oh. Every deer in the field freaks the shit out. Because of a rabbit. But they have no clue what it is. All they know is something come up out of the briars that they didn't know what it was. They all take off. <laughs> so I'm like devastated. I mean, because in my head I'm thinking that was it, dude. It was minus right. it was minus eight. You had six inches of fresh snow. You had a north wind like you needed. Like you're on the verge of getting winded at any moment in time because, like I said, I'm I'm hunting winds that's good for him, not really good for me. But I'm trusting in you know I'm trusting in putting my my sicka inside scent crusher. I'm I'm I'm, I'm trusting in my ozonics. Um, you know I, I'm trusting in this stuff to to make it happen. Yeah. It, can I add a note in this? I, I want to get back to what you're saying. Uh, our buddy Clark Cummings said like a wind that works for him, but still huntable is a quartering wind. Oh yeah, and that, yep. that's and just something and, I want to add. And you know, like like you're trying to play that that line of what's good for you, what's good for him. But more time than not, you've got to take a risk and play the caution of what he likes more so than what you like. But the problem with me was I had, and people will be like, "Oh, that's a dumb thing to say," but I honestly had too many deer on that farm and in late season you don't want 50 deer coming to a field because these that's 50 deer that's been hunted that's winded hunters that's heard they've heard rattling heard grunting they've been pushed by gun hunters they've been pushed by muzzleloader hunters they've been hunted by archery guys they've that's 50 more times you can get oh my god i mean and Mm -hmm. it's like you know so when you get that perfect scenario of every deer is in front of you you're not going to get winded. Nothing got behind you, and here he is at seven yards. Yeah, you're yanking your bow back at any oh, time you want. Oh, and, and it was just—I mean, I, I remember—I remember walking out that night and getting to my truck and getting—and and I always get dressed and get undressed out of my truck. You know, I get my scent crusher bag out, and I'm—you know—I'm—I'm a—everyone knows I'm a huge scent freak guy. So I, I remember getting in my truck and heading home, and my dad called, and he was like, "You know, hey, how'd it go tonight?" And I just—I remember like just being so pissed and and i remember him being like well that's good at least you saw him and i like freaked out i'm like you don't freaking understand you can't have this buck that close to you like you can't have a seven-year-old buck at seven yards and not kill him and mind you this is like the third time now i've had this buck in in shooting range and have not been able to kill him right i mean i've hunted at this point now i'm at like 90 plus days of hunting basically this buck and not getting i haven't even drawn my bow back yet so at this point, you're basically cussing every rabbit on the planet. Oh, you smoked I mean, that rabbit, didn't but, you? But then it, again, it, it was it was just like it was. I fucking it, hate rabbits. Yeah, I, oh, it was unbelievable. But but <laughs> in my head, I'm like, okay, so now I'm I'm turning back to okay, what's the weather doing the next week? What's the moon doing? Um, just you know, just the stuff that I'm always I'm always cautious about. So the next week rolls around, and it's the second week of January. So it'd be like the seventh through the. You know, 13th's coming up. On the, I believe it was the 8th of January, I had a really bad wind. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm going to go. And, you know, th- it was funny. Like, th- this this buck, he wasn't hitting this field as much as I thought he should be. With this, because I mean, it had been like negative temps for like two weeks. Well, but, he was, he should have been craving proteins. Well, hard. he should have been hitting more in daylight than he was, and I felt like he was somehow getting tipped off. I didn't know if it was my my entry and exit or something. I remember you telling me about something this exact was going thing. on. So I said, okay, I'm gonna take my spotting scope and I'm gonna I'm gonna sit from afar. I'm gonna glass this field tonight and I'm gonna see what happens. So. North wind, you know, here we go. North wind. I get on a different vantage point. I literally watch this buck get up. 
out of his bed. Now, where I was glassing is totally different from where I'm hunting because, you know, where I'm hunting, the way I had to come in and come out, I could not get on this vantage point or I'd be seen. But I snuck in early enough on this night where I wasn't really worried about it. I was, I mean, I was like half mile away. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm literally relying all on my spotting scope to do my work for me. I watched this buck get out of his bed, a spot that I really honestly didn't think he was bedding. Did he see you at this point? No. Okay. Nope. He got up, stretched, pissed around, headed to the field. And in my head, I'm like, this buck might be able to see me. He might be seeing me walk into this field. I had to cross the saddle, and when I when I crossed the saddle, I dropped down into this field and went down along this tree line. And and in my head, I'm like, okay. That skyline's where he's going to see you. Well, where it was is when I went over the saddle and come down the next side. The second mana cooler segment brought to you by Steve. <laughs> Dude, we're almost out of beer. <laughs> Get two manas. Hey. I was like, okay, I think when I cross this, I go up over the saddle and I drop down. From where I saw him get out of his bed that night, it wasn't where I thought he was bedding. And I'm like, this buck might be able to see me some nights when he's bedded there walk into this tree. So he and was it, already knowing what well, the Well, at that point, I'm thinking, if this deer knows that I'm, let's say he sees me once a week do this. He knows something's going on. Like, he knows I shouldn't be there, you know? Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. I watched him walk into the field. I got 35 minutes of daylight. I did something I've never done, ever especially late season because deer are so touchy. Oh, yeah. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to drive around the backside of this farm, and I'm going to walk into where this buck's bedded. Now, mind you, all the deer are out in the field. I'm coming in the back door. Right. I'm going into where this buck was bedded. You're not jumping deer at this point. No, 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 no. Him and everybody is in the field. They are not going to see me. I said, okay. But you I did said, your homework saying that you know them, the, all the deer are in that field already. So there was like 35 deer. Yeah, exactly. Everybody that was out of their beds, normal deer I was seeing was in that field. Right. I said, I'm going in the back door. I'm walking into that bed, and I'm literally going to look and be like, okay, what is this buck seeing? How is he beating me at the game I'm playing? Right. I got. I literally am standing in his bed, and it was plain as day. When I, You got ahead of him. I was walking in. I was going up over a saddle, and when I was coming down the next side, if that buck was paying attention and looking in that direction, he could see me go down the other side of the saddle, and then once I got to the tree line, I was hidden. But for about 40, 50 yards in that gap, he could see you. He could see me. Yep. Now, not every time was he facing that way to see me, but right. I guarantee you, at least a couple times, maybe a week, that buck knew. I was there. You know and, how they are with their peripherals, though. As yep. soon as they see one little yep. twitch, they And that's right. why he was getting to me so late. The times I would see him, it was so late. I got 10 minutes for him to come across the field. I got five minutes. And it's because all the other deer were getting He had there. you patterned. He knew something he was going patterned. on. He didn't know every night, but he knew I was in the – I was. so I said, okay. Mm-hmm. I said, I, I got to switch up my entry and exit. And, I mean, anyone that listens to me or reads what I write, I'm, I'm huge on entry and exit. Because if they see you or you tip them off, it's, it's game over right off the rip. And that's what this buck did. This buck honestly was getting to me late because he was nervous. Because it was so cold and because he was so hungry, he was still moving during daylight. daylight yeah. But he was not getting to me in time where I had enough time to actually be able to kill him because it was he was nervous. And that's why when he'd enter the field, it would take him an hour to go 100 yards. Whereas every other deer would literally be there in five minutes. Yeah, right. But sense. where right. he he was betting by himself, and and this is what's so funny about these big big bucks, and 
it's you know I'm constantly learning stuff every year I hunt and and this buck taught me a lot. He would always end up teaming up with five or six does, but these five or six does were bedding down below him in a creek bottom. He was bedding up on a ridge. He was bedding up on a ridge because he could see literally more than they could, and he was able to see me. So when he could he, see down that ridge oh, and yeah. the other side. And when he would team up with them, he'd let them walk out in the field like a lot of big bucks will do. Yep. The does would all come out. They'd feed. He would be on the edge. Once they got to the middle of the field, at that point in time, if they hadn't picked anything off, he knew he was safe. He'd feel comfortable He'd start then. to feed yep. up too. And that's what kept tipping me off is I'm like, why will he not just come across this field? He knew in his head. Something was over there. Something really. was over. Yeah. So long story short, I switched stands. I totally move to the other side of the field. Now I'm really cutting the wind. I mean, at this point, it's almost not good for you. At this point, I'm honestly I'm 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 pressing as hard as I can. Like yeah. it was almost to where you're like siding with the with the edge of you're going to cut yourself. Yeah, it's insanity. But you know, scent control. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I just didn't have a choice. So the January 13th, first night in this new set, I had to write wind. I go in, and at 4.30, 4.30, this buck's on the field. An hour and 10 minutes before daylight, or, or before it's dark, sorry. Um, He's out there early. Yeah, at 4.37, I kill this buck. Now, mind you, I, I hadn't. this buck was not on that field killable. Probably the earliest was like 5.15, 5.20. So we're talking an hour. But for a week, 10 days, that buck had not seen me come up over that saddle. He had no, you know, so in his head, yeah. it was done and over with. So he got, he got comfortable again yep. where he knows he's safe. Yep. That just goes to show at this time of year right now, guys are shed hunting in spots that normally will not walk all season, all summer, all oh, yeah. fall. Stand in those spots, and this is something I'm going to do now that you bring this up, because it's something that you don't yep. really think about in a conscious way, is to stand in a spot where a deer is bedding and look to where you walk in, or, or where you think a deer is bedding and then look over and to you where you're going to walk every in. every access point to be like, okay, if he's laying here... Can he see me? He can see you from every direction where you come from. So then that's where you strategize and say, okay, I need to come from this way or come in a different way. Clint's taking a pee break, everybody, just so you know. We're like, everyone, why did, why did Clint step out and it's all quiet now? Yeah, exactly. I got to do it. Um, hey, no. That's a good point, gonna, though, with shed up, hunting. Daniel? You can go in those more fragile areas because you're going through looking for antler. And if you can stand there and see where you walk in it's from their bedding, it's probably not a good thing. No. Right. You know what we should do? We should totally, when he gets back, we should totally switch up the whole podcast and talk about if he believes in Sasquatch or not. No, everyone switch seeds. That'd be fun. Chinese fire. No, no, no. Let's not do that. We're going to have uh, off mics. No, <laughs> let's we'll just, we'll just start talking about, like, and he'd be like, no, no, no. I, I was, like, really there, and I look up, and it's just in the sky, dude. And it, like, it was lit up, and then it just took off. <laughs> just see what he are does. Doing, yeah, you are do. doing this shit? Yeah, we, we, oh, we have to. This is a decent hey, podcast hey. for a Friday night podcast. We'll close her up here. Why are we whispering? Where is he? I don't know. Shh. He's probably taking a, I feel taking like he can poop. hear us. Is that a good idea, Sam? Sam's in the studio here. I'm going to give her the so mic. So is Danielle, my new girlfriend. <laughs> She's like, fuck you, Steve. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Hey, piss off, Lou. <laughs> hey, see that? Hey. Look at that. Look at that. She, a woman's touching me. So Clint's in town for the working class bow hunter party, which is yeah. tomorrow. Um, at Eric's house, we do it every year. The working class bow hunter garage. Good bash. time. Um, yeah, it's kind of open to the public. <laughs> I mean, if you want to come, just let us know. You can come. I don't give a shit. Yeah, we'll fit as many people as we can in the garage in Eldridge, Iowa. Fancy, fancy Eldridge, Iowa. Yep. It's like three times as nice as Sherrard, Illinois, will ever be. 
Okay. So, so yeah, dude. And then I'm like looking up, like right in the sky, dude. It's it's right above me. I'm sitting there in the stand. I cannot believe this shit. And I'm looking right up at it, dude. And like all of a sudden, there's like two other lights that pop up from it, and it just takes off. Did it have really? lights shining on you or anything? I, dude, I'm freaking out, dude. And like I went because when I told you guys it was hovering. Uh, I went to where that was because, like, I had to get down. I'm like, dude, what the fuck was that? It, it spooked everything out of there. And there was, like, three burn marks where it landed. So the 200 steer was in the field, and this UFO thing or whatever it yeah. was was hovering above you and scared this deer off and then took off out of the water. Well, because it made this goofy-ass noise, dude. And I'm, like, I'm was the noise? freaking out, huh? What, what was the noise? Make it. What kind of noise did it Wait make? a minute. I leave to go take a piss. We're talking about UFOs now? Did you know how that happened? Have you ever no, seen it? Uh, you know how that happened? T- someone filmed it. It's happened to all one of us. Is that an Iowa what? Illinois thing? Steve had a 200-inch deer in the field, and this thing started hovering over the field and scared it off. Yeah, dude, I'm sitting there, and it's getting close to dark, and all of a sudden I, I look up, like I see something bright, and I look up, and there's an object in there, and it like it, the an deer object. spooked. He was out of there, and then it like kind of landed, and yeah, I, I, I checked it, dude. There was like three burn spots. How many mushrooms did you eat before this? <laughs> I, I didn't, dude. You know, you don't have to lie to me. We're all friends here. No, I was I was gonna pull my phone out, but by the time like, I like I thought, dude, when I tried to pull my phone out, it was gone that like, quick. We're such good friends. Me and Doug are holding hands right now under the table. I know you are. I'm just saying. I mean, we're doing like, the whole podcast. You, you don't have to. You, about? you don't have to lie, dude. No, I. I <laughs> Clint did, didn't skip guy. a beat. He walked in this. I wish this was a video podcast because Clint's face is like, what the fuck are they talking about in the background? <laughs> He's like, yeah, two hundred deer is what tipped it off. Like, yeah, that's yeah. all of a sudden you the whole UFO thing didn't do anything. But I was like, yeah, <laughs> no. Steve had a 200 inch deer in his field. I'm like, no, U- UFOs. Yeah, but Steve didn't see a 200 inch deer. <laughs> no, Clint, do you do you believe in Bigfoot? In Bigfoot? Yeah, Sasquatch. No. Not uh, at all. Not at all. Do you believe in aliens though? Aliens. Uh, my wife has said, you know, God. Here's why I don't believe in Bigfoot, and and this is my this my is, wife wants to say something about Bigfoot real quick. Okay, no, she doesn't. She say doesn't. it. Well, Sam, do you, do you believe all the hunters and say don't spray it, brother? Like all, all the hunters and trail <laughs> trail cams and I just feel like if it was real, no there'd shit, be like, dude. There'd be like legit. But like, didn't they just discover a new species of orangutan like last year? Yeah, but they don't have trail cameras over there. Yeah, but have you heard that? Bigfoot can't get a picture of him because he, he knows technology, yeah, he knows dude. Technology too much. Oh, shut the hell up, dude. Yeah, I I gotta go. Wait, you don't my, believe, do you believe in Bigfoot, Steve? I'm assuming huh? no. Okay, Bigfoot, no. Aliens, 1,000%, yes. Aliens because I is, saw you have up. Alien. <laughs> <laughs> Chasing his 200-inch deer. Dude, that's some bitch. That's why all the deer, that's why I don't kill big bucks. Dude, them fuckers keep, keep getting abducted. Their antlers get cut off, and I don't know. Uh, Steve had an alien shove a thermometer in his ass. Unbe- unbelievable. <laughs> it's like, dude, wait, wait. I-, I thought you guys were like modern aliens. Why is this a Walmart brand thermometer? What the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> Oh my god! Nobody will get they're that. Rascally, okay. They're rascally critters. I don't know. I'll tell you what. <laughs> they're rascally. No, well, I, dude, I don't. I don't believe in Bigfoot at all. Because, like Clint said, what? dude, there would be a trail cam photo. Dude, there's trail cam photos. I would have to agree with Steve shit. on this. Okay, one. hold on, Doug. Do you believe in Bigfoot or not? Hell yeah. Yes. Me too. Okay, this is why I believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> were you yes. just, were you just, that, that was like yes. a cheerleader shit right there. Yeah. Hey. Yes. All right. Go, team, go. All right, hey. The so wilderness you, is so vast and so much has not been explored. Now, nah, And the fact that they're still, like, figuring out in new. in the United States, though. Let me spit my case, dog. I'm All right, saying. let's hear it. You're wrong, Listen but okay. Man. I'm not saying that there's Bigfoot, like, by 
the I'm not saying there's 50 Bigfoot in Illinois because I definitely wouldn't believe that. I don't believe there's any Bigfoot in Illinois, but I believe like somewhere in Alaska on the wilderness of Russia, maybe South America somewhere, um, any like in the like jungle type environment or mountainous environment, there used to be um was it Giganta Gigantopithecus? That was a real thing. That was a living Bigfoot. That's in my pants. To say good one, because <laughs> <laughs> you just I took gigantic. So, so let, let me call this: if if that thing was existing today and someone found it, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's Bigfoot for sure." That's what that's what Bigfoot is, dude. Would you so, not eat those so back straps? You can, you can pretty much say Bigfoot existed, right? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? What the fuck? Yeah, dude. I would if I shot Bigfoot, I would eat those back straps. No one's no. Are you getting what I'm saying though? If that animal existed right now, if you found him, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's Bigfoot for sure." Yeah. To okay. think that there's not some weird species between a gorilla and what a Bigfoot is? Like, if you found something bigger than a gorilla and it st- stood upright, is that not Bigfoot? Yeah, you called a grizzly You don't think bear. that's possible? Imagine, but their population's way less. <laughs> I mean, dude, all right, so... The, so Do you know what I'm saying? The, the, Do you think okay, that's not possible No, but check this shit out. But, the, like, the population of, possible, those, but... the, of the silverback gorilla is only, like, 30,000. We know them motherfuckers exist. Yeah, but imagine... There ain't a what, lot of them. What if the population's only 200? You think two hundred? So who's how many? If a, chicks? Cat, if a cat can cover sixty square miles in a breeding, how, season, how many chick? Why flicks? couldn't an intelligent orangutan have a a, a breeding territory of three hundred? Uh, how many square kids miles? are they going to have? One, probably one you or gotta two. Think like they're, a, you got to think they're maybe, like a humanoid, so they're going to be subject sometime. to human like if diseases. they breed at all. So for two hundred of them, that how long is their lifespan? Because you, you got to think about this. You Dude, say with confidence, you think there's zero anything. You think there's a hundred percent zero possibility that. There's no Bigfoot at all ever. There's not one right now on the planet at all ever. Look at T Rex. I'm cool. Ain't around. I'm, okay, yeah, here, yeah, but that's different. I though. will say with one hundred percent a giant like because dinosaur. Finding Bigfoot has but been Bigfoot's on a giant TV. Get in, get in here. Yell at Steve with me. Finding Bigfoot Steve has been on television. Idiot. Yeah, but those no, guys are no, fucking jokes. Those guys are fucking. Shut, jokes. Oh, they're not real Bigfoot hunters because they sold out. Listen, they're they're not the nitty gritty. I, I almost said some shit that would have got us in some big big trouble. Those Working guys class are, Bigfoot hunters. Okay, <laughs> I gotta recruit myself. I'm gonna let it slip. Those guys are the fucking. They're not hunters, man. They are not hunters. They're going out there going, hey, I'm going to bang a baseball bat off a tree. I'd be and, like, okay, here. It's like, whoa. Dude, yeah, yeah. They're the Instagram huntresses they're, of Bigfoot. They're, they're the Steve of Bigfoot hunting. Yeah. yeah they're like, in the woods. Yeah. Like a bunch Instagram of loudmouth jackasses. Pound the two by fours together. If a dude, here's the thing. People are going to think I'm crazy after this, but I don't think there's like a vast population. I think there's a very strong possibility. But think like. Until a dude's like, hey, I play the wind. This is where oh my I God. think. You have to, right? You would, yeah. Well, I don't know how good it is. Uh, Imagine whitetail hunting. You'd have to be such an extreme motherfucker to find a Bigfoot. What do those big bastards eat? All right, now let's think about this. All right, so. If the dude from Survivor Man has a Bigfoot encounter, that dude seems highly intelligent. I got to think there's something <laughs> to it. You know what I'm saying? I just think there's a stronger possibility. Well, think of it like a mountain lion, all right? You gotta use dogs to find a mountain lion, right? You'll never find them. So nobody's no, said, nobody's figured that shit out. Nobody's figured out how to hunt a bigfoot. Well, no, I haven't tried to hunt one yet. I'm gonna See? go hunt one now. <laughs> but imagine that. I'm going with you. Clint on it. Say there's fifty of a certain species okay. that exists. I'm going. Uh, I'm going and with it's it. in like vast wilderness in northern. Or it's in Russia, and northern Alaska, where All right. All right. we rarely go. Extreme cold. Extreme cold or mountainous, like high elevation or deep. Thick timber. You think there's zero possibility that a, a, a bigger ape could exist? 
Uh, I'm going to go with, again, 100% yes, they don't exist. Damn. I, I just, I'm sorry, man. Dude, I believe... You I worded believe that, that so badly. I, think, I, I, think I believe that Nessie exists over... Oh, get the get, fuck out of here. I believe get the Loch Ness fu- Monster over Sasquatch. And the Loch Ness Monster lived in a fucking lake, though. In the Do you ocean, know how deep I believe the lock is? I, I don't care. You look look at the lock. Look at that. Because you know how big the goes, Earth is compared to this? How deep a fucking lake is? Nobody, dude. You can't. It, it's probably the same possibility of existence, right? In the ocean, yeah, I can see there's some sort of big, like giant squid or giant octopus. Well, there's giant squid, yeah, but not like the you know the big motherfuckers taking down boats. But so you really believe? <laughs> but there could have been at one point, right? At one point, yeah. Clint's staring off into space right now. I'm mad at Steve right now because he just I'm, completely I'm just, just I'm thinking. You're trying I'm, to think of how to I'm hunt thinking. a Bigfoot He's thinking now. Right? I, I'm trying to figure out how I can DIY public land of Bigfoot. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm, I'm on Dude, it. Dude, that's a good, it'd be the best YouTube channel ever. You got my two by fours. Here's the thing. Maybe deep down I just think the idea of Bigfoot is cooler than oh, actual Oh, it's awesome. Bigfoot. Yeah, dude. Because if there was actual Bigfoot and it was only like six foot six rather than eight foot six, here's the thing. Disappointed. I think there's a very strong possibility that a Bigfoot exists. Have you seen the Tim Wells video? I have not. You haven't seen it? Tim Wells from like right over here. Tim Wells. No. Tim Wells, the hunter. Yeah, he lives right by us. Yeah, relentless pursuit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You haven't seen this video? No. Well, what is it? It's uh, where he catches a Bigfoot. Catches a Bigfoot. Well, on video. I haven't seen it. No, well, there I've are some drone videos. We'll have to look it up now when we're done. Hey, you know who's who's thinks they seen a Bigfoot is uh, our good buddy from uh, Starved Rock Outdoors, Jordan Hubinsky. Yeah, he told the story. He on was the podcast. sitting in this room and he told us that. And I go, "You're so a cop." I go, "You're a cop, right?" And he goes, "Yeah." I go, "Anyone, if you ever get pulled over, just know that public record." He said I was speeding. He also said he saw a Bigfoot. He had six so. fingers on each hand. <laughs> 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 he had beautiful hair. <laughs> okay, that's the credible witness. So that's what you're basing okay. it off of. We're that that's sh- the credible witness. We're going to shut this dude. down right now. I wanted to yell uh, at Steve about Bigfoot for a while. Clint doesn't believe in Bigfoot. Clint, you don't you don't believe in Bigfoot? Not until we. We find haven't him. had that in a while. A where you actually break Steve down, Eric. It's hard. It's just wait, I Eric. Mean, you make valid points. I mean, Kurt does make valid points, but it's just it's hard. it's hard to believe. It is. It's hard to believe because there's so many hunters and there's so many people out in the wilderness. The thing is, think, like, now if you if you could tell me that Bigfoot lived in the ocean, I believe one hundred percent. When you were hunting mountain lion, 100%. did you see another hunter anywhere? Yeah, damn it. Yeah, but yeah. how many? Oh, damn. <laughs> Fuck. Only two. Only two. What were they hunting? Mountain lions. Uh, one guy was running a Bigfoot. trap line, and one guy was hunting. Yeah. Bigfoot mountain lion hunting. Mountain lion hunt. Yep. So they what if too? were they yeah, on like another mountain lion? Did they? Yeah, like, did they run, like did the dogs, dogs fight each other or what? Okay. No, I mean his dogs were actually like way far away. We actually oh, okay. we actually crossed because he was on an old track coming back, and we were on the fresh one. But he was actually on the same cat, just an old track. But his dogs were way behind. So you, you didn't tell him you're this is our cat, did you? I mean, he pretty much kind of assumed. No, he he I have out. a theory. The Earth is flat, and Bigfoot lives on the other side of it. When we go to look for him, <laughs> oh, he lives on the <laughs> upside on the, down. The Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. pack my bags on Sunday. I'm going to go hunt his ass. Dude, hey, wait, wait, wait. wait. kills one. We don't hear hey, Clint. Here, what side, what side Clint of the earth does he live on? Heads or tails? If Clint kills a Bigfoot after we go home, I'm beating the fuck out of you, Steve. I'm bullshit. On record, everyone hears that. All right, then I'm whooping your ass, and then I'm eating that Bigfoot backstrap. <laughs> Dear God. Well, this Where took a deep going? turn. We Where better we close her out now, or we're all still having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Clint, uh, thanks for making the journey. We haven't even... Uh, we haven't Scratch even cracked the, the beer of uh, 
now we've cracked a few, but dude, man, thanks for making that drive. It was, uh, it was funny. We pulled up at the same time. I was like, oh, there's Clint. So I looked at my rear view mirror and I, all I could think about was sex. I was like, there, <laughs> there is Steve. Look there at sex is. driving that 99 gold Silverado with like, 233,000. I mean, you look sex good appeal. in pictures online, but in person, uh, you, you are the panty dropper. So, uh, yeah. so much more to love. I would hate to see. <laughs> The amount of women hey, that Steve. lost their virginity to you in high school. I mean, it's, it's probably a very large number. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna hate I'm jealous of them. I wish I was one of them. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was quite an experience to be had. By no one. <laughs> By one. By no By one. one. <laughs> I, I, only, I only lost my virginity once. <laughs> well, I love you regardless. Okay. I, I expected you to be taller, though. I'm, I'm sorry. You did? <laughs> yeah. God dang it. My bad. God dang it. <laughs> Dude, when I went to hug you, I'm like, oh, we're the same height. I Christ. feel bad for this guy. God dang it. Steve, <laughs> we're going to close it out now. Yeah, we have to. Tell me something positive. Uh, something positive, dude. We live in a world where uh, Bigfoot doesn't exist. <laughs> I that makes that. me that makes me feel good. How's that positive? It's negative, huh? dude. Do you really want giant apes walking around? Yeah, That'd be so fun. All right, so Doug, Doug, tell me something positive. Uh, sheds are dropping. Go find okay, them. Okay, I thought you were going to do the Bigfoot thing, Eric. Uh, I don't know. It's Friday night. We're drinking Bush Light. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you something. We've worn this out. I'll yeah. tell you something positive. Magic Johnson's blood. <laughs> Like 15 years ago. What the fuck? I was was positive. I thought this podcast was a disaster because of Bigfoot, and you just really buried her in. (laughs) That was fucked up. Come on, it's not positive anymore. Oh, come on. Speaking of positive stuff, Danielle's pregnancy test, positive. Oh, Oh. wait. How many beers does she drink? Edit that. Okay. (laughs) Steven. I'll end with this. This podcast is over, and tomorrow's a working class bow hunter podcast party. Uh, so is, that, is that the best you got, Kurt? So pumped. Look for Snapchats, maybe. Yeah, there'll be Snapchats Ooh. up here. Here's oh, some. yeah, I get my mount tomorrow. Well, oh, there's some positive. That is positive. That's positive. Sam, you got anything positive? Go ahead and say something. Here's say, something positive. Say a little something to the camera. I'm about to kick Steve's ass. Go shoot your bow. We love you. to go with, like, just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.